Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Who's ready for the word? Yep, great. Uh, I'm wanting to read to you this morning from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 to 22. And my message this morning is called... Jesus, the great restorer. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, "This is this not Joseph's son? So, Father God, we just commit this message into your hands today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is life. I thank you that your word is truth. And, Father, as I bring this message today, Father, let it be um, meat to those who need to eat meat and to have that protein and sustenance and milk for those who need just a little bit today, Father. But, Lord, as your word goes forth, let it accomplish what you send it to do, Father. Make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. And Lord, I give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory. Father, each one of us leave this place today knowing you more, loving you more, understanding one more thing about you, understanding and knowing one more thing that you would have us take into our journey with you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. So Jesus was preaching at Nazareth and that was the city where he was brought up. And we're told how he preached there and also we're told in the Gospels how he was persecuted there. At the beginning of the chapter, chapter 4, we're told that Jesus returned from the Jordan where he was baptised. He goes into um, the desert. Um, Jesus is full of the Spirit and um, he he went into the wilderness where he was fasting for 40 days and uh, I've, I've walked the, De- the Judean desert and I know what a place of desolation it is, but I know what a place of incredible, great beauty it is too. So if you're going through a desert experience today, know that there is still going to be beauty coming out of that desert experience as you continue to walk with, with God through that as well. So the devil came and tempted him and uh, he answered the devil by saying, it is written, so he used the word to refute the devil and he ate nothing. And he, um, uh, with the, you imagine not eating for 40 days and then this enemy attack coming at you and at you. So this is the start of chapter 4. But Jesus offered nothing except it is written and he also said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God and get thee behind me, Satan. And some of those are keys that we need to really use in our everyday life as well. 
So then he went on in chapter 4 to begin his Galilean ministry. Um, In verse 14 it says, Then Jesus returned from his 40 days in the desert, being tempted, being attacked by the enemy in, in his mind. And he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions and he taught in their synagogues. Christ came to be a great physician because he was sent to heal the brokenhearted and he was sent to bring peace to those who were troubled. He was sent to give us the peace that the world just robs us of every day. He was sent for those who are weary and burdened. He was sent to break us free from all of those things that hold us in bondage and keep us way, way away from God's perfect will and plan for our lives. And so he is the Redeemer. He is the great Redeemer and the Saviour. And he not only comes, and in this passage of Scripture, which I'll read again in a minute, to proclaim liberty, but he proclaims that he is the Messiah that was to come. He proclaims that he is the one, he's the fulfilment of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 61, those passages of Scripture are almost mirrored there. But there's a little more in the Old Testament. I'll leave that to you to look up at another time when you've got some more time as well. But in Luke 4, 21, he applies that text to himself and he says, he looked at that, he read it, he rolled up the book and he sat down according to the custom. And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And that's an amazing thing. And you think, yes, so what? It is a big deal because all the scriptures prophesying and pointing to Jesus throughout the whole of the Old Testament was fulfilled in Jesus, were fulfilled in Jesus. And when he came into the synagogue that day and read from Isaiah 61 and proclaimed it and he said, I'm it. I'm it, guys. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the one who's come to do all of these things. And that, to me, when I think about that, is just incredibly powerful and incredibly... I'll get to it. I'm running ahead of myself here. I get really excited with the Word of God. The Word... Jesus is is my passion. I love God with all my heart and I love to speak His Word because it's the speaking of God's Word that will set us free. It will cut through the things in our lives that are coming against us. It will give us direction and it will give us purpose and it will give us the, uh, the power by His Spirit to do the things that He's calling us to do. So... I just want to really dig into this scripture today. Is that okay? You kids okay with that? Are you excited? No kids church today, not till next week. So it's a big deal. And this morning I want to talk about Jesus, our great restorer. He came to give us life and he came to give us abundance. Jesus' authority his mandate and his purpose. You see, Jesus was qualified for this work and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because all the gifts and the grace of the Spirit were given to him by the Father, not in a limited way, but without measure, totally unlimited. He had access to the Father by the Spirit of God because he was the Son of God. He came to set the captives free. He came to proclaim a new life. And as Daniel said in his communion, we are not under the old covenant. We're in a new covenant. We're under the grace of God and that through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's an amazing thing. He came in the power of the Spirit and he was commissioned 
He was appointed and commissioned by God because God had anointed him and sent him. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Do you remember that old chorus, you who are over 10 years of age? (laughs) Yeah. He came from heaven to earth to fulfill God's will. And this incredible qualification as the Son of God amounted to that commission that God had given him. His anointing signifies both his being fit for the undertaking of the service and call to it. Those whom God appoints, we can take this away today, those whom God appoints for any service, he will anoint and give authority for. Because he has sent me, he has sent his spirit among with us. So when God appoints, God anoints, God authorises and he gives you the ability to do whatever he has called you to do in his timing, in the place that he's called you to do it. So there are conditions to that. So what was Jesus' purpose? It was the restoration. In this passage of scripture, it was the restoration of God's kingdom truth for us. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I ask myself, who are the poor? Everybody put your hand up. We're the poor. Everyone born in this earth, everyone who's ever been born, who is born and living now and whoever will be, we are the poor in spirit until we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord. We're all in need of a Saviour. And there's only two kinds of people in this world, the believers and the not yet believers as far as I'm concerned. We're either a believer and functioning in God or we're a not yet believer. And it simplifies things so much when we start to see through the eyes of faith. And what it does is it gives us such a capacity for compassion to love those that are around us who God has placed in our world because we all need to feel loved. We all need to feel accepted. We all need to know that we're precious in God's sight and that there are people, that there are angels with legs and arms on this earth that can pull alongside of us and give us a hug and encourage us and be there for us. And that's where I see the body of Christ, the church at work at its finest, when God is allowed to work through each and every one of us. Everyone in this earth... Not only that, it's to share the good news that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Saviour, he's Deliverer, he's Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, he's the one who came to set the captive free. He said he's, he, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So the first restoration is our soul to God. Then it's our broken souls because our souls, life just does stuff to us. Life can knock us around a little bit, can't it? But Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. You see, without knowing God's love, human love will always fail at some point because we are imperfect. We're imperfect beings, but we serve a perfect God. So when we do our best and our best is not quite enough, we can understand, oh Lord, I need you to finish this for me. I need you to flow through me because I'm an imperfect creation. But when we're born again, we are new creations 
And God's love fills our hearts and our lives as he begins the work of restoration in us. You see, if we are not nurtured in our life as little kids, if the nurture is not poured into our lives, if we are not told how wonderful we are, if we are not loved and cared for and protected, what happens is that we become like little bonsai creatures who are not allowed to grow beyond a limit of what we are restricted to. We are left as such in a bonsai pot. And the worldview that we have, because we've been unnurtured, is reflected in the way we respond to people and how we treat people. It's an amazing thing. Unnurtured sensitivity produces unrivaled insecurities. In other words, natures of sensitivity that are not taken care of, that are neglected or abandoned, are going to create some issues in people's lives that are really huge. Issues of identity, issues of insecurity, issues of fear, issues of doubt. We can be stunted and dwarfed and I know when I was growing up there were things that I had to walk through as a, as a young child that made me put on a persona that was not God's best plan for me. But it's a survival thing that happens to us. Can anyone relate to what I'm saying here? And so when God gets hold of your life and when you open your heart to Jesus, that first thing he does is he starts to work his beautiful love in your heart to bring that restoration of that broken heart that's happened. And it's a process. It can be a one-off event, but it, to my, in my experience, it's been a process of line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little, as you walk in God, as you learn to understand God, as you learn to trust God, as you learn to lean into God and depend on God for everything that you need in your life. It's like we've been poured into a mould. Like, you know, has anyone ever made chocolate Easter eggs? You have a mould and you get poured into it and that's, that's it. You, you get this little thing that comes out and it's fragile and it can crack easily. And when you are poured as a person into a mould that restricts who you are, what happens is that you are dwarfed, you are stunted, you are bonsai and you can never grow to be the person that God wants you to be until that time comes when Jesus comes into your heart and starts that process of healing that broken heart and bringing that restoration into your soul so that you can actually break free from that mould that has been placed around you for whatever reason or sometimes we place them around ourselves as well. Because a mould can keep you feeling a sense of safety and security as well. But the other side of that mould is that it can make you restricted and bind you and stop you from being the person that God has made you to be. God wants to break us out of those, those moulds. God wants to break us free from the things that have been spoken over us, the things that we've had to deal with in our lives that have never been God's plan for us. And it's in the love of Jesus through his sacrifice on that cross at Calvary that that is possible. Because none of us is perfect. As I said, God has come in the form of Jesus Christ, his son, to set us free, to restore our broken hearts so that as we walk on in God, 
life may not look quite the same because things that have been broken can often get repaired, but it has scars, it has cracks. So what was made as a perfect thing that got broken in Jesus, in what was a perfect thing that got broken in Christ, it can be repaired and made, brought back to those default settings that God has created each and every one of us for. Created in the image of God for works that he's prepared for us to do from the foundation of time. So if you're here today and you've been walking through some stuff or if you've been dealing with things that have broken your heart, that you're dealing with sadness, you're dealing with sorrow or depression or oppression, if you're dealing with things that have caused your life to not have worked out the way you wanted it to, then I'm telling you today, Jesus is here to heal the, heal the brokenhearted, to restore those broken hearts and to make you know let you understand that Christ is able to do so much more than we in our limited minds can ever think of because he's a good God and he's a wonderful God. Amen. God wants to set us free. The freedom in Christ in Galatians 5.1, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled with a yoke of bondage or slavery, another version says. Galatians 5.13, for you brethren have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit because where the spirit of God there is liberty and a freedom to walk in all that he has for you to do. You see, life was perfect in Eden. And then came the fall. And because of the fall, God put in place the plan to send Jesus to redeem us all. And that's an incredible truth. And it's an incredible, incredible, it's a fact but what an amazing love that is that God would do that for each and every one of us. He's good, isn't he? God came to restore our innocence so that we don't look through eyes that are cynical, eyes that see through clouds of hurt. God came to restore us to believe in the good things in life and that there is good in the world and that there is good in people. And that even though stuff has happened, God can overturn those bad things that have happened and turn those stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Do you know, um, as I was driving up here today, God, God was really speaking to me today. And he said he wants to turn my mess into a message. He wants to turn our trials into a triumph. He wants to turn those things around that have been stumbling blocks for us and bring us to a place where we are absolutely 100% trust in God's good plan for our lives and even though we're walking through hard times it's okay we're walking holding the hand of the man from Galilee he walks with us he talks with us he's given us his spirit to walk in with his power with his comfort with that little voice in our ear or in our heart or in our spirit person saying this is the way walk ye in it fear not I've redeemed you I've called you by my name you are mine when you walk through the fire the fire will not touch you when you walk through the water. The flood waters will not come over you because God is walking with you. And when you're walking according to His purpose and His plan for your life, it's okay. It's all okay. And I can tell you that personally. 
Because what you're going through, what breaks your heart, what has happened to you, when we surrender it to God, when we bring it through to God and say, Lord, I don't understand why this has happened. When we bring it through to God and say, I don't understand what I'm going to do with my life at this point. I feel so sad. I feel so grief stricken. I feel so bad. I feel so helpless. And sometimes we might even say, I feel so useless. And I'm talking to someone here today. But when we bring it through to God, and then we can say, but God, I trust you. And what has been meant to destroy me, I bring to you and say, Lord, use it for your glory. And watch how he works. Watch how he works. Watch how he works. He's an amazing God. And his plans for you are for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope when you seek him with all your heart. And how do you do that? You do it one day at a time. Lord, I give you this day. Lead me by your spirit. Show me your truth. Take me into your word. You see, his word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light unto our path. It shows us one step at a time because I think sometimes if it showed us too far down the track, we wouldn't want to go. But he takes us step by step by step. Psalm 119, I think 125, it says that. He wants to restore our identity. So that we're not classified by how the world sees us, but how he sees us. Precious, loved, unique, gifted, talented, born with a purpose and plan in him. Not seen through the eyes of people who would look with prejudice and disdain or judge us. He came to set the captive free. He came so that we might know that incredible sense of identity that we are the children of God, sons of righteousness, heirs to the kingdom of God. And I love this scripture. Galatians 3.27, our identity, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. Amazing. What an incredible leveller of everyone that we are all equal in importance and equally loved and equally valued and equally treasured. We are different in giftings. We're different in characters. We're different in anointings and different in authorities. But that's how God puts order into our world and into our church. But we are not limited by the shell that we live in. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So you can be who God has made you to be without fear and without compromise. And while you're learning to walk in a life without fear and without compromise, God begins that process of healing, that work of restoration, healing the brokenhearted, 
setting the captives free, giving sight to blind eyes. You see, sight, restoration of sight is just not a natural sight. I've just had eye surgeries and I've told you about that. But those spiritual cataracts that we can live with that blind us to the things that we really need to see limit us in understanding not just who we are but who everyone around us is in our world. And so when we have our natural eyes made right, restoring sight, we actually begin to see in Christ when he comes into our life that we can see through spiritual eyes and really understand the truth behind what we're seeing, the truth behind the world that we're living in and understanding the people that we're relating to. When we're looking at people, listen to God. When we're listening to people, look to God. God, what are you saying? What are you showing me? God, when I'm listening to this person, I'm hearing you say this person is wonderful. This person is loved. This person needs to be taken care of or not. Or... If we are looking with our natural eyes, we don't see through the eyes of faith in God. And God wants our sight to be restored. Restoration of sight. You see, until Jesus came, no one had ever been healed of blindness. Isn't that an amazing fact as well? So as we walk in him, in our identity is in him, not according to birthright, not according to social status or family circumstances, we can be free of those stigmas and things that restrict us in our lives. Born again by the Spirit of God. A new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all is become and is becoming brand new. Joel's chapter 2 says, So I will restore to you. The years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent upon you. That used to creep me out, something shocking when I read that because I've got a real thing about crawling things. (laughs) And then I read deeper and it was like, I will restore to you the years that have been taken away, that have been eaten from you, that have been consuming you and chewing on you. Chewing gives you a picture of torment and ongoing torment. And yet Jesus came to restore us so that those things that have been taken from us and are continuing to be taken from us can be restored to us when we commit them to God, when we submit them to God so that the very thing that was sent to destroy us can become our greatest strength as we give to God and we can say, Lord, I don't know why as I said before but I give it to you now and I understand that you can restore me and you want to give me back the years that have been lost and though they won't be the same you're going to give me that purpose and plan to move forward according to your will and your plan you see he's a good God he is a good God and we don't have to understand we just have to exercise faith restoration of liberty Restoration of sight to see the God life he has for you. One person at a time. One thing at a time. One day at a time. Sometimes one minute at a time. It's like laying foundations in a home. If the foundation of our life is a bit wobbly, God's going to unwobble it 
He's going to take out the cracked bits and shore it up so that we can begin to build on a life that is unshakable in faith in God and those foundations that will go down deep in him. He's an amazing God. Is he? Yeah. You see, in building a house, there's a damp course that gets put down. Stops all the mould and stuff from coming up and the water rising where it shouldn't. Then the bricks, then the inside work and then the furnishings. And just like in us, when our foundations are wobbly, God puts in this sure foundation. Jesus is our sure foundation. And then he begins to work from the inside, line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little, so that we know that we can be unshakable in him. He's a wonderful, wonderful God. We can take hold of his word in our lives. If you don't have some, see me afterwards and I can give you some scripture keys that are really applicable to areas of your life that you can begin to speak into your life and pray into your life. Because when the enemy comes at you, as Jesus did in the wilderness, he said it is written and he used the word of God. And so when that work of restoration is commenced and it's going on, we need to use the word of God to speak into those things. Are we okay? <laughs> Freedom from bondage. Free from all oppression. Restoration of that freedom that Jesus came to give us. See, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we renew our minds in the word of God. The greatest bondage can be our ungodly mindsets or thought patterns, or it might be substances, or it might be behaviours that we've learned over the years to just to cope with our lives. God wants to set us free from those things that are not birthed of him, to instead place in us an understanding that I can rebuild because that little bit of damp course has been pulled out and replaced with a solid rock of Jesus that we can build on. He wants to renew our mind, the restoration of our minds in him. We renew our minds with the word, with the washing of the word of God. It's not what we think, it's not what we feel, it's not what we see. It's what we understand is faith in God and what God's plan is for us. And we stand in him. And if we're struggling, we go to someone who we trust and say, pray with me, believe with me, let's do this together. And if you see someone struggling, do the same thing. Can I pray for you? Sometimes it's, as an, sometimes it's just pulling alongside of someone and giving them a hug. I looked like I was going to punch someone then, didn't I? You pull alongside someone and just give them a hug or a smile and let the conversation flow. God is not a man that he should lie. In him there is no shadow of turning. He sent Jesus to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's restoration of our souls, salvation. God restoring the church 
one by one, one by one, building the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of God. You see, the acceptable year for you is to fulfill the year that God has given you. The acceptable year for you is when you receive Jesus and say, yes, I want Jesus to be my saviour and my Lord. That's an acceptable year. And that's like the most understated statement you can ever make. That's acceptable. When you receive Jesus, that is the most wonderful thing you can ever do in your life. And then the journey begins. We get to the end of the passage that I brought out today and some say, isn't this Joseph's son? You see, there will always be those that will say, but isn't that just Robin from Loxton? Isn't that just Carolyn from Lamaru? Isn't that just, and you put your name in? Because there will always be those that will come against you and say, yeah, but you're just. You know what? There'll always be naysayers. Just smile sweetly. Say God bless you and don't let it stick. Yeah, we are just the son or the daughter of someone. But we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. He is our Father. He is the one that watches over us. When we come into a new birth, we can say, Abba, Father, whether we have a father or not. Because God is good and we are not just anything. You are unique and precious and wonderful and loved. And God has a plan for your life. He came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I'm running out of time. Start the process. Begin today. If you know Jesus and if you're walking with him, thank him for your life thus far and make a decision to continue that process of what God wants to do in restoring your soul, restoring your sight, restoring you into a place of freedom and liberty, restoring you into a place of purpose and plan. I haven't even touched on that today. Restoring you to a place where you know, you know who you are because you know whose you are. You know that you belong to God the Father and you know that he wants to do incredible things in you so that he can do incredible things through you because it's about building the kingdom of God. Amen. Be restored to him personally. Be born again. And if you've never done that before, it's like this. Father God, I come to you now. I ask you to forgive my sins. I declare and accept today that Jesus was the Son of God sent by you to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Saviour and to be my Lord. I ask you to wash me from all those sins. I ask you to begin that process of restoring in me the life that you had planned for me from the beginning of time. And we'll pray that shortly as I pray. But just... As you're thinking on these things, think about what God is showing you, the areas of your life that he is wanting to work within, knowing that he can bring you into a place of incredible freedom, incredible restoration, incredible purpose and plan, because he's a good God. See, all the promises that were made in the Old Testament were fulfilled in one. His name is Jesus.
Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that, Lord, your word is life and truth. Father, we thank you for this passage of scripture and I pray that as I've brought that word today, Lord, that it would have spoken to each one of us, Lord, right at our point of need. Father, I pray, Lord, if there's one in this house today that would say, yes, I want that restoration life I want Jesus as my Saviour and Lord, that if there's one in this house today, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I don't want to embarrass anyone. But if there's one in this place today that would say, I need you, Jesus, I need you to be my Saviour, I need you to be my Lord, then pray this prayer with me as I pray it. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you, to be my saviour and to be my Lord Jesus. I thank you that you died in my place. I thank you that your sacrifice for me was enough. I thank you, Lord, that you have washed me and cleansed me. I thank you, Lord, that as I give my life to you now, you will begin that process of restoration of my soul and a restoration of all that is in me to what you want for me. I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, um, see one of us afterwards and we'd love to give you some help, some resource. But for the rest of us, Lord God, I thank you today for all that you're doing in every life. And I thank you, Father, that you came, Lord God, to bring that work of restoration in our lives, spirit, soul and body, Father. And I pray now, Father God, that you would just work in each life. I open the altar for um, those that want to come for prayer, but just in your own personal space right now, just ask God to show you if there's any area in your life that you have need of restoration in that the Holy Spirit would just touch that now and bring it to the surface for the healing that is needed. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are saviour, you are healer, you are redeemer, you are baptiser in the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for each and every one in this place today that you minister by the power of your spirit to every single person. Everything that is weighing on them, Lord, I pray that you would just lift it from them in the name of Jesus and set them upon that path as you continue to do the work in their lives that only you can do, Lord. We give you praise and we give you thanks and I give you glory because, Lord, it's all about you. Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.